And now, a brand new episode of Script to Screen Spotlight with hosts Alan Mahana and Hod Solo. Welcome to our brand new episode of Script to Screen Spotlight. Yes, yes, you heard it here. You heard it clear. It is a brand new intro. <laughs> um, I wanted to uh, kind of revamp things, and we're going through. Uh, uh, you know, our logo is going to look very different uh, uh, coming up very soon as well. Um, we're going through an uplifting kind of time. We're trying to revamp things, shake things up a little bit. But it's Friday, and shaking things up is what we like to do, TGIF, as my lovely co-host always says, the co-pilot, the solo to my Chewbacca. Hey, come on right in, Mr. Hot Solo. Hey, 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 and happy Friday, everyone. Yes, indeed. How's happy it, Friday, indeed. How's it going? How's it going? It's going. New it's year, all right. New year, new us. A new year, new us, indeed. I mean, I hate to be that uh, stereotypical kind of... Uh, uh, you know, hashtag, but well, it is very true. But with everything you mentioned, I mean, uh, it's kind of a new yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think? What do you think? You were you weren't you weren't prepared for I that. I wasn't new- in on that. It was no, a, it no. was a surprise. It, but was it was a surprise. It was a good surprise. Yeah, right, right. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, this was uh, this was the track that I used to use for a script to screen uh, okay. back in the day. Um, but I felt like the back uh, in the day. Yeah, I know, right? Like <laughs> eons and eons ago, light years uh, ago. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I, I just felt like the, look, the other track is great and all that hip hoppy track is great mm-hmm. and all. I just didn't think it really worked with spotlight. Like it just didn't fit. It was, um, too funky for the show. I think, uh, but, but shake that funky music. Yeah, I know. Nah. I know. I know. But like the idea of the words spotlight and yeah. everything, I wanted something a little more cinematic and more that kind of works with uh, the news hour theme True. and that kind of fits into that whole brand of script to screen. So this is our new, uh, uh, intro. That's our new intro music. Um, so here we go. We are, um, January 18th. Nine, uh, no, no, again with my dates what I is can't do this and, and I dates. can't do this The dates are all over the place Where's my paper? Where's my paper? It's January 25th today It's Friday, January 25th um, And we are talking about uh, Cult classics That were Box office bombs Yeah, okay, yeah Yes, yes you, I thought you changed the topic too No, 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 okay. no, 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 no No, uh, come on We can't do a, a script to screen episode uh, You know, um, uh, improvised We'll do like one, one on April 1st Maybe, sure I um, shall fool you You shall fool me indeed um, But we are talking about uh, box office bombs That later became called classics And we're kind of talking about this idea That sometimes a movie um, does horribly in the box office, it just tanks, but then uh, uh, um, has a life of its own later on, it, whether it be in DVD sales or um, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's exciting. I mean, yeah, th- that, this happens for a bunch of reasons. And I think with today's examples, we're going to dive into each specific movie and talk about it more and more. But... It has been known that some movies across the years did not do well at the box office, 
And for, for different reasons, let it be marketing, let it be critics didn't like it at, at first, let it be uh, a very uh, weak reception from the audience themselves, not critics, and so on and so forth. But with time and with, uh, with time and, and movie magic, if I may, uh, they've been given a second life and they've become these phenomenal films, these cult classics that we've all come to love. And I'm sure that some of them are going to come as a surprise to yeah. some yeah. of Yeah, I mean, some of them were a surprise to us. Yep. And this is the first, uh, to continuing this idea of shaking things up, um, none of these films are actually favorites of ours. These were films that we just picked and we wanted to talk about mm-hmm. on this show. They're not part. They're not necessarily uh, uh, films that we loved or films that uh, are favorites of ours. They were just films that we thought it would be an interesting, uh, they would make our show uh, uh, more interesting and more engaging. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to be a little bit more objective with this, uh, which is, you know, shaking things up a little mm-hmm, bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit. So... Before we actually jump in and start talking about the films case by case, let's actually kind of discuss why certain films uh, 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 fail at the box office. Uh, you kind of brushed over it just a Very little earlier, quickly, yeah. um, but let's kind of let's let's really dig in here for a little bit and and talk about why we think certain films uh, fail at the box office. Uh, one of the first things that I said to you when we were kind of talking about this was uh, the majority of the time it seems like it's a marketing fail, like the film is not properly marketed. Yep. It's not um, like there isn't a strategy for the campaign, there isn't a strategy for the demographic, there isn't a target audience particularly that the that the uh, that the marketing is going out towards True. and it just kind of falls apart um, at the box office. Yep. I know multiple films fit into that um, category, that category uh, specifically John Carter would be mm-hmm. one. Disney's John Carter was a marketing disaster. Flop. It was a marketing disaster. The other one I also think uh, can be sort of blamed on marketing would be solo. Uh, because Solo's marketing was absolute. You almost felt like Disney was just like, ooh, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that that's one of the ideas uh, out there is, is marketing. Um, and, and, and you have some movies which, uh, to continue what you're saying, yeah, for are, sure. are just way ahead of their time. Yes. Some yes. people don't understand or yeah. uh, don't grasp the concepts yeah, and absolutely. ideas behind them. Absolutely. And it only it takes a few years for them to to see how things are evolving and, and link yeah, it yeah, yeah. to that film. Uh, I don't have any specific examples well, on I the think, top I think, of my I head. Think possibly I think Donnie Darko would be one of them because I felt I feel like Donnie Darko was very much ahead of its time and the ideas that it was yes. trying to promote. Yes, and, and well, Donnie Darko was, I think, also... Aside from the fact m- about being very weird. It is a weird movie, but <laughs> I think it was misinterpreted by critics, too, because it, okay. it, it, it wasn't... And, and Donnie Darko, um, because I've actually read a lot about the movie, was not released properly in terms of uh, movie theaters. It was... It tested with audiences, and the studio didn't exactly believe in the movie 100%. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And so it had a limited uh, theater release. And within that theater release, not a lot of people showed up. And it goes Very more true. It goes more in the marketing kind of category with Donnie Dark. It's a combination of different factors. Yeah, so that being ahead sure. of its time. And a lot of movies are going to have more than one reason. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's a it's a, like a collaboration. Yeah, of like, it's not a bit collaboration, of this but like, and a bit of that. A little bit, bit of this, a little this, bit. Of that, yeah. yeah. Um, another thing would be limited releases. The film yeah. is just not distributed properly. So we've got a marketing problem. We've got maybe uh, uh, ideologically, philosophically, the film is way ahead of its time and what it's trying to promote and, and mm-hmm. the way that it is kind of done. Um, but then you also have films that are just limited releases. Market from from the business perspective, it just doesn't bring in that much money. Yeah. Uh, it's a limited release. The majority of people end up seeing it via, uh, you know, DVD rentals or, or later on online on Netflix, blah, blah, blah. But in its journey, uh, you know, in the box office, it doesn't see that much audience, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, uh, entries, yep. I guess. Um, you also have bad timing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be movies that are released in, in January uh, or, or even like year-wise. I mean, but, but the January is a weak month usually and some great movies yeah, fan- can be missed yeah. because there's a holiday fatigue. There's right, been right, spending during right, December and right. people are trying to save up and stay home. So also, unfortunately, that's why they fight a lot in studios for specific summer dates and yeah. in April and in May. And well, but, uh, fun fact, but you, do you know that it's because of Steven Spielberg that we have a summer blockbuster? Yes, I do. He, I, he did I, yeah, that with yeah. Jaws. Yes, and yes. He, he's kind of the godfather of yes. the whole summer season of, of yeah. films. In. Yeah. Uh, so also that is another uh, factor. It's, See, it's, taking it's, another film that we kind of mentioned earlier, which is Solo, mm-hmm. I think bad timing was solo, another reason why Solo could have crashed because a it was still the the backlash of the last jedi hadn't completely died out yet that was that's, that's number one number two it was only a few years back that we had to say goodbye to han solo mm-hmm. releasing a movie about him being younger i think if they wanted to do it do it properly they should have waited for solo until after the sequel trilogy was done where we had that break away from the sequel trilogy, away from these characters, and then bring up, uh, hey, let's do a young Han Solo movie. Perhaps. That could have at least been um, more easily accepted, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, maybe not by fans, you know, that, that solid, loyal yeah, well, Han Solo fans. Yeah. But, well, as you know, you know I, I, I don't think it yeah, would personally I know, I know. differ to me. Have you have you given it a second chance yet? Not yet. Not yet. Not All yet. right. I want to be there the day you do. Sure. Okay. Uh, you'll be the first one I tell or we'll watch it together. So okay. it's going to be either okay. this or that. And then finally, uh, I think the, the last two kind of combined together, yeah. which is like initial reviews and then word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically in today's age where, uh, you know, with things like Rotten Tomatoes and, and uh, social media, uh, that can really tank a movie. Um, you know, if you if you badmouth it, if you say certain things about it, again, look at what happened with Solo. Look at what happened with um, uh, what was the other one that uh, another film that really had um, fans. Uh, the Last Jedi. Yeah, well, The Last Jedi was well, yeah, but The Last Jedi wasn't a complete box office. No, film. no, it was actually it did it did well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you get what I'm saying, like, yeah. uh, you know, uh, which is why now there's a uh, there's that that. Uh, um, what is it? That period where you're like you're not supposed to release a review, like embargo. Embargo. Yeah. So that's why now embargoes are even more used. I think I've, you know, I think embargoes are used now more than ever. 
uh, well, because of social media and all that stuff. Well, exactly. But but then again, with the examples I think we're going to talk about today, yeah. uh, did not have a big social media yeah, very, very true. presence as much as today, at least. The, the more we go ahead in time and the more... Yeah. Social media is a double-edged sword. Yeah, I mean, yeah, social yeah. media can make a movie and it can break a movie. Uh, you do have other examples of, of, a, of a movie which uh, was talked about because of social media. And yeah. and again, you have the, the, the people arguing and, and being toxic on social media. Yeah, absolutely. So, so absolutely. That, that, yeah. But the movies we will be uh, having a conversation about are mainly pre this social media boom. Some of them existed uh, with the internet, but it wasn't, we didn't have internet on our phones. Yeah, the exactly. Internet is exactly. everywhere right now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. With a click, you can grade a movie, you can write a review, you can post a video. You, it wasn't as easy before. There were Agreed. It was more the critics and word of mouth was... Well, a group of friends talking. Uh, that's how word of mouth actually mm-hmm. functioned. Mm-hmm. It wasn't via, oh, look, I'm going to share this video with you or I'm going to share this article with you. So, yeah. Agreed. All right. So here we go. Uh, let's uh, jump right in and uh, get it going. Let's jump on our cases. I'll go ahead and start okay. with the first one. And uh, let it be clear that this is a movie that till this day I still do not understand. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and this is uh, 1975's Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, have you seen it? No. You haven't seen it? Okay. So I've seen it like three times and okay. I still have no idea what this movie is talking about. <laughs> um, it's a crazy film. Um, it was an absolute flop when it was released in 1975. Um, but then it, it, it started... Sh- um, you know, when it was when it was in the box office and it wasn't doing that well, they shifted it over to midnight showings. Mm-hmm. So because the movie was that bad, they figured, you know what, we'll just put it later on in the in the night and just let it fizzle out. Um, what happened, though, is that at the midnight screenings, the film started developing a rabid cult following <laughs> and uh, that cult following was built from people actually interacting and participating with the movie. (laughs) And the reason behind the participation was this. Um, The people watching it thought it was boring. So they thought if they shouted back at the screen, it would be more fun. Um, And uh, this now has shifted to actual purposeful screenings of the film to this day mm-hmm. with a live action cast. So it's a, you know, the movie is showing on a screen in front of the screen. Yep. There's a bunch of people who are acting out the movie. Yep. The audience is in the audience. They are throwing food. They are interacting. And there's even a scene where uh, uh, apparently a bunch of people are chasing each other in the movie and the audience and the live uh, the, the live action cast, they all strip down to their underwear and run around in the movie theater. Okay. Um, so it's a little cuckoo bananas, mm-hmm. but it is a film with a massively loyal cult following. I believe if I'm not mistaken that Yumna is actually a big fan of the movie. I think she mentioned that she liked the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I'm not hundred. I'm not hundred. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I, I think I think she's a fan of the movie. Maybe. Um, 
I just, I just, I never got it. I never got that uh, culture of it because I think it is a culture. It's mm-hmm. become a culture. Um, and the more we delve deeper into those movies, I think the more you see a culture surrounding the film, it's, it's kind of become iconographical in a way where you see it in different places. There are Rocky Horror Picture Show t-shirts, um, you know, uh, uh, Tim Curry's character uh, is essentially a character in drag. Um, uh, you know, uh, and I think it's some of Tim Curry's best performances, Mm -hmm. uh, even though I, again, I don't get the movie. Um, but it is a film that has a massive cult following, even though it's a massive, uh, 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 box office flop. And those live action screenings still happen to this day. Like there are people who are employed because of this, Mm -hmm. like the live action cast, like they're employed (laughs) because of this movie. So it's crazy that this movie has kind of like lives, has a completely new life now in, in these like, uh, uh, you know, small uh, uh, art house uh, uh, screening rooms. I haven't seen it, but if I'm not mistaken, they did a TV special with Laverne Cox a few years yes, ago. Yes, they did. Uh, that because uh, very recently, TV, TV TV stations in America are doing uh, live, yeah. literally live broadcasts of uh, certain musicals. Yeah. Um, they, uh, this year, they're doing Rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, later this year, they're going to do Rent. They um, did The Sound of Music at one point. The Sound of Music with Carrie Underwood. Yeah. They did Jesus Christ Superstar mm-hmm. with John Legend. Yeah. Um, and then Rocky Horror was, uh, they also did Grease. Uh, Rocky Horror was with Laverne Cox. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I believe Laverne played Tim Curry's character. Well, that would make yeah. sense. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to talk about a different movie. Okay. Because I have not seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Well, uh, okay. But, but it is a movie I do like a lot. Even though at the beginning of the, the show we said that yeah, these I just aren't said it, our yeah, favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not the, our favorite, but, but I mean, but, that doesn't mean that we didn't like but them. But this is, this is a movie I, I, I do like and I do respect, but I do understand why it initially did not work. Okay. So the movie I'm going to talk about is Fight Club by Ooh, David Fincher. Yes. And it was released in uh, half a second. Drum roll. I got, uh, I got the date in 1999. Ooh. So, initially, this is based on a book. Yes. Uh, and to, to make the movie wasn't the easiest yeah, no, it thing on earth. But what I would like to say is that it's been said in, in many interviews that the writer of the book, Chuck Palalovsky, somebody has a very uh, long second name, okay. uh, has said that the movie is better than the book. Oh, which is very interesting. Very rare for that to happen. Yeah. So when the movie came out, um, there were several issues with Fight Club. Yeah. Uh, one of the issues was the movie is so layered and is it's has beyond so layered. like you you really can't solve it in a, on no, the first run. No, and has so so much secrecy in it uh-huh. if you've never seen it. When Brad Pitt and uh, Edward Norton were sitting in interviews, they couldn't say much. About yeah, the movie. of course. And not saying much about the movie means less time with the press and less marketing. And that really hurt the film. Yes. Uh, another issue is that the movie itself was layered and was complicated. And when people went to watch it, they did not understand what was happening. They did not understand the messages of consumerism and uh, of... Uh, trying to level everyone in, in society to, well, 
make everyone stand at the same um, level. Yes. And, and, and so many other messages. So that was very confusing. And with the whole, if you want, psychological twist at uh-huh. the end of the movie, uh-huh. that confused people even more. Yeah. And that created... Talk about a massive, you know, twist. Yeah. That's twist done right. Yes. Gives but, M. Night Shyamalan a run for his money. Ooh, big time. And that uh, created negative feedback surrounding the movie. It was also very violent. Yes. It's a movie that's rated R. And until a few years ago, you wouldn't pay a lot of money on, on uh, to make rated R movies. They weren't that successful box office-wise. So already having all these things together... Plus, being an R-rated film, mm-hmm. it just, you know, flopped at the bombed at the box office. But the nice thing is, with reruns on TV, mm-hmm. with video rental, with yes. the, the beginning of DVD rentals, because I believe that was uh, in at the time. Yes, 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 yes. People started to watch it and, you know, started to analyze the movie, to dissect it, to understand it, and to really see that this movie is not just two idiots beating each other up or mm-hmm. a person beating himself yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, if you haven't watched the movie. Whoopsie. Guys, you know how I am we with need spoilers. To, we, need to, we, but we need to have like a spoiler alert kind of like uh, a, uh, sound effect, yeah. like, you know. But, but yeah, we, I mean, you should have watched the movie by now. It, it is a cult classic and it has yeah. a massive following. For sure. For sure. And, and and everything about this movie, when you look at it, it's a very well done movie. Oh my God, it's amazing. I think it's uh, some of Helena Bonham Carter's best acting. She's fantastic. She's so good. It. Funny story, her her uh, her name in the movie is Marla Singer. And for them to use that name, they need to take... In movies, they do this thing where they need to take the permission of uh, a person if they... Yeah, the likeness, st- of, likeness of the person. Of that, yeah, of yeah, yeah. Just the name. Yes. So when they use a name like John Smith or whatever, it's a very common name. So they don't have the right. issue because right. no one's going to complain that you... Right. But there was one... Marla. Marla Singer in the U.S. Wow. And they had the final... The movie had a lot of complications while making it That's and so insane. on. That's uh, insane. You had scenes with Meatloaf with his fat suit, by yes. the way. Yes, Where he couldn't breathe. He had oxygen. To, he, he, he nearly passed out a bunch of times. There's a scene in the movie where you see him uh, with an oxygen tank. Like in the corner, you kind of see him holding... <laughs> because his suit was so heavy. Yeah. Uh, and so, so yeah, with time and, and people watching it and people analyzing it, it, they start to have kind of a respect to this mm-hmm. movie and to understand. And consumerism has increased over the years and it's becoming more and more relevant as a movie. Right, right. Uh, it makes more it's sense. It's crazy how much, how older films are somehow becoming more relevant yeah. today. So also, somewhere it was ahead of its time. Yeah. Even though it was dealing with topics of the time, but they mean so much more right now. Uh and um, the, the, something very funny, which is I was on Facebook a while back and I saw someone, because it it contradicts the whole message of the movie. I saw the Fight Club page on Facebook, the official uh-huh, page, uh-huh. selling soap with uh, Fight Club. Oh, no. <laughs> so so it, it, no, 
That's a side note. Oh, no. No, no, no. That's horrible. It contradicts everything the movie says. That's horrible. Uh, But yeah, with time, again, it became a very successful movie. People started to watch about it, talk about David Fincher when he did it. Wasn't necessarily the most known director. He had done seven, uh, one of the Alien movies, and was more of a uh, commercial, TV TV commercial uh, director. So also that kind of hindered the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, that's... uh, Fight Club in a nutshell. Right. So our third and final case for, uh, for um, not final case, but our, our third case part. here. Yeah, for this part. Our third case here would have to be uh, one of them is a cult classic. The other one is definitely on its way to becoming a cult classic, I think. Um, and it, it would have to be uh, the Blade Runner films. Blade yeah. Runner and then Blade Runner 2049. Um, they were both box office flops true in a way um but those films are so beautiful mm-hmm. they're so good we're literally living in the age of blade runner right now yeah with the flying cars and the chinese um, takeout you know places. in the year 2019 yeah, yeah. Well, it's um, true. but the films are super good uh, but again i think again uh blade runner was way ahead of its time and i think blade runner 2049 is a bit too Ideological. Mm. It is a mm. bit too philosophical in yeah. what it is trying to propose. Uh, the narrative isn't easily accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, visually, it is stunning. Oh, but um, I, I would dare even say that Blade Runner twenty forty nine is more beautiful visually than I, I agree Blade with- Runner. Um, but they were both box office flops. Um, but they have a very devout following. They have such yep. a devout following that we're getting. A TV show mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, out of Blade Runner. So, uh, yeah. I mean, that's what I have to say about it. Uh, what I know with the first Blade Runner, there there were a lot of issues with the studio interfering. Uh, they wanted to change the story and they wanted to do this and they wanted to do that. Yeah, there was a lot of behind the scenes chaos. And it resulted in the film having around five or six cuts, which yes. you can see. There's a director's cut. There's the original cut. There's a TV Cut. There, there are a lot of cuts, and some cuts make more sense mm-hmm. than the others. But the initial one that came out in the movies was a bit confusing, I believe, right. for yes. people. Yes, and that also created con- confusion. And then, have you seen want. the director's cut? I've seen, I've seen two of the two versions. I'm not sure which ones I've seen. I think, okay, I, I think I've seen something called the final cut. Okay, which I do believe Ridley Scott had final word on. Okay. Directors, I, I, I could be mixing them up, but uh, okay. there was one where the studio was involved. There was one where he was involved with the studio. There okay. was one. So I believe the one I've seen is the director's cut. So okay. I, I think normally when you say something is the director's cut, that is normally the director's cut. Yeah. You can't market it that way if it's but, not. But there's one that came out after, which was called the final cut. Okay, so I don't know. So which, yeah, that's so, so it is tricky. a bit confusing, but again. With the ending of the movie, which is very, which raises a lot of questions. Yeah, the, it's the very movie, bleak. The movie ends with an open kind of note at yeah, the end. Yeah, there is yeah. no, uh, uh, okay, the end. No, it makes you think. It makes you wonder. Uh, is is uh, even till today is Deckard a replica or is he human? That ne- right. was never yeah, answered. That was never really answered, it was, and it wasn't even answered in. Well, I mean, sort of answered, but, but not. But not you don't 100%. have a definite. You don't have a definite yeah, answer 100%. in twenty forty nine. Yeah. Uh, so again. 
that was an issue and there was a marketing issue with the movie initially yeah, for sure and even with 2049 there was a marketing issue because i think it it's a movie which is too advanced it, for people we it live is. in an we we live in a time where people are on instagram and facebook and they just scroll and like scroll and like yeah yeah there, there, yep. there's no more patience there's nope. no more appreciation and there's no want to challenge my mind yeah. or want to challenge or think or research. And again, this isn't, look, we're not attacking anybody. We're not calling anybody stupid um, uh, because that's not what we want to do. I'm calling but, people lazy. But yes, there is a laziness factor in the way we engage with cinema nowadays. Uh, uh, I would say lazy and impatient. Yes. Um, and those are two things that you cannot be or have uh, uh, when you are watching movies, uh, you kind of need to let yourself go and enjoy, uh, 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 a movie and, mm -hmm. and let yourself be challenged and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, one final note before we go on our, um, musical, uh, break. musical break. Uh, do you think that Harrison Ford might show up in the series because the series is animated, correct? It is animated. Yeah. So do you think we might see a voice, you know, like Harrison Ford might come in and do a voice thing for, for the I, series? I don't think so. Knowing Harrison Ford and how picky he is as an actor and what he yeah. does. And I do think he, they want to leave that open-ended question again about Deckard and not reveal any other possible information. Because it's supposed to occur in between, yes. right? Yeah. Yes, yes. So I don't think they okay. want to answer those questions. And it's, right. it's smart. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I'm going to jump in and start talking about another one of uh, the box office flops. Um, that has become quite a cult following. And this is one that I actually adore. Okay. Uh, and that is, I think, if I'm not mistaken, getting remade uh, by Ryan Reynolds. I think which, so. Which uh, I just don't know. Because, again, like, the classic is so good. Uh, I don't know what to think about this um, as far as the remake goes. But so the, the film is Clue from 1985, which uh, of its estimated $15 million production budget made only $14.6 <laughs> That's a good number. That is that is no bueno. Uh, so that's why it was a it was a flop. Uh, not even Roger Ebert uh, Roger Ebert said that it was a good movie. Like it, it didn't even uh, the critics mm. didn't even uh, help uh, the film. I absolutely love it. I think it's a great movie. I think it's hilarious. Um, and it found new life because of uh, broadcast television. Um, so the film was filmed with three separate endings. And you had to go to the movies more than once to see each ending. Mm -hmm. uh, so you had to at least see the movie three times. And they were chosen at random. So you never knew what ending you were going to get. Um, when it shifted over to broadcast television, they started showing you the three endings in a row. Mm -hmm. uh, with one ending being the ending according to the director. Okay. Um, uh, the film is insanely good. Uh, it's insanely good. I mean, as as initial thought, you know, a board game like Clue becoming a movie, the board game in and of itself isn't, I mean, it's fun, but I mean, it takes a long time. So you can't, you know, like imagine that, that sort of being turned into a movie. It's not the most, excuse me, ideal yeah. pitches. Um, but 
it is an existence. And excuse me again. And the cast is extremely, extremely good. Uh, you've got the likes of uh, Tim Curry again. <laughs> you know, uh, this is, I, I just noticed that we chose two Tim Curry movies. Um, but you've got you've got uh, um, I'm, I'm trying to look up the uh, okay. So you've got Colleen Kemp, uh, Leslie Ann Warren, Jane Wideland, Tim Curry, Madeline Kahn, who is just Madeline Kahn is just great. Um, uh, she was in a lot of Mel Brooks's uh, films. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eileen Brennan, uh, Lee Ving, Michael McKean. I mean, the cast is just super good. Um, and the film is hilarious. Uh, and it's now again, it's found it's found kind of a new uh, uh, life again because of uh, it's called following. Um uh, my my friend and I used to uh, in in the U.S. My friend and I used to watch it every Halloween. We would watch Clue because it's a murder mystery and it's a lot of fun. And we mm-hmm. would kind of act out. You know, we almost did the same thing that people do for Rocky Horror, but we would do it for Clue. For Clue, um, it's a great movie. It's a fun movie. Uh, it's um, uh, you know there are a lot of uh, sexual innuendos and and it, again it's just a fun fun movie. Um, so I mean it was surprising to me to see that this was actually a box office flop. I had no idea that it was because I knew so many people that loved it. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it's because of the fact that it found new life uh, um, on TV that it's kind of found that's it, it's it's newfound popularity. So there's I, I that. I don't think I've seen Clue either. I, 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 I might have seen it when I was a kid. Oh, no, you have to see it, dude. But, I but, think, see, I think you would really enjoy it. I think yeah. it has that very, you know, like fun kind of comedy that you enjoy. Um, it, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. What do you think about the, the movie they're making with Kevin Hart, Monopoly? Because, you know, Clue I don't, is a board game. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I, I'm, I'm actually curious as to how they would adapt the game into... It's because Clue is, by default, Clue is a mystery. slightly more adaptable it's, than yeah, Monopoly it's a, is. It's a mystery. So I don't, I don't Someone gets killed. They have to find out. Yeah, I don't. Monopoly. It's I a guy who buys all of the city and yeah, I don't. builds hotels. I don't know. And he's shouting because it's Kevin Hart. Uh, yeah, probably. Anywho. Anywho. Moving on. Moving right along to that, your case. My case, which is also a movie I like. I like a lot. Uh, See, that's one I haven't seen. Because I have it's seen a, I have seen Fight Club, so yeah. but I have not seen this film. Well, this film is called Dread. Dread. Dun dun dun. I am the law. Okay, so Dread, which was uh, I'm talking about the 2012 version, not right. the Sylvester Stallone version. Uh, I'm talking about the one with Carl Urban. Right. Directed by Gareth was, Edwards. Wasn't Lena Headey in that one as well? She was in it too. Yeah. All right. And a lot of things didn't help that mo- this movie, financially speaking. Uh, first of all, when people had seen the Stallone version of Dread, they had an image of something a bit more silly. Okay. Something a bit more, uh, I'm not going to say cartoonish because the, the other movie isn't well, cartoonish. caricaturish. But yeah, the maybe, other, the like other had, had more humor. exaggerated. And, very okay. humorous. And so this is much more of a in-depth kind serious of serious, yeah, okay. very gritty. Again, uh, I believe it had an R rating because very violent, okay. very gory, very bloody. Okay. So that that all automatically, like demographically, yeah, uh, limits yeah, for a, sure, a, a, for sure. a lot. And the film had uh, so the movie had a very poor marketing campaign. Basically, okay. Uh, they they didn't market it 
enough. It was uh, marketed for a very short amount of time, uh, and that didn't help the film at all in right. any way whatsoever. Uh, the, the, the movie, if I'm not mistaken, was in 3D. And back yes. in 2012, 3D wasn't the greatest. wasn't the greatest thing, yeah. and you had to pay a bit more, and so people were not willing to pay more for this movie. It's not today. Almost everything is 3D, and and it's it's simpler. It's easier. You have yeah, yeah. Uh, you're used to it. This was an extra charge for a movie that they didn't necessarily know, so less people went to watch it. So that's something else that hindered it. Yeah. Um, as I said again. The R rating, yeah, uh, the yeah. the blood, the guns, a very violent movie, and a lot of people had an issue with the violence in that movie. Uh, and it's a comic book hero film. Okay, he, he's based on a comic book character, but okay. he, but it's not a po- he's not popular. Yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. Uh, Batman, Superman, um, Iron Man. He 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 has a very dark comic book, and it's it it's it's quite I believe faithful to to the comic to book. the comic okay. books, unlike okay. Stallone's version. Okay, so all these things really really hurt the film. And on a personal note, because I've seen this movie and the director Gareth. Uh, Edwards, if I'm not mistaken, uh, directed the Raid One and the Raid Two. And Gareth Edwards, Gareth Evans. Okay, because Gareth Edwards directed Evans. Rogue One. So uh, hold on, hold on, hold, hold on. <laughs> I'm gonna do your one second. Okay, one second. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Do, I'm gonna do, do the do, thing. Okay, Dread, we got it. Director by Wow, completely. Different is Pete Travis. Who the hell is Pete? Why did I think it was a different? <laughs> Why did I think it was? That's all right. Something's off. Okay. So my my last theory makes no sense anymore. Okay. My last I mean, theory is uh, boo boo caca. It's, it's boo boo caca indeed. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It's but, all right. But again, uh, so for all the previous. Uh, um, Reasons the movie didn't do well, but again, with time, people watching it on DVD, people watching it on streaming service nowadays, right, right, right. They, they realize that it's a very, it's it's a much more mature and, and darker kind of film. I should check it out. I'm, I, yeah. Like I, I, Carl, Carl Urban is really good in it. Although okay. all you see is his lip, his lip and jawline. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Uh, I think Lena Headey is such a good villain in the movie. I'm looking for like a really like hardcore action flick. So maybe try maybe it. I'll, I'll try I, I I feel you like it because okay. it does have like also the political undertones of. Ah, of okay, there you are of, starting to know me so well. Yeah, the political undertones of of dread because it's uh, again, if I'm not mistaken, it's written by a British guy. The comics. Okay. Okay. And it it kind of you know talks about the the, the United States and how. Uh, okay. Uh, the law works there, and this is okay. Kind so, check it out, watch it. That's my recommendation for the week. No, that's a different <laughs> segment from that's different tomorrow's that's show. Tomorrow's hot. show. Um, uh, lions and tigers and bears. What? Why was this a flop? Okay, it took me a half a second. There I'm we like, go. What? Um, you so have our, no heart, our, and you are not courageous. And I have no brain. And, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand how this was a flop. This was the biggest shocker for both of us. So yeah. screeners, this was literally our jaws dropped yeah. when we saw this on the list. Um, the Wizard of Oz, which um, uh, uh, it basically it made $3 million in the box office, 
But the budget for it, again, uh, in 1939, the budget for it was $2.7 million. So, mm-hmm. yes, it did make, uh, 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 like, $3.3 million extra dollars, uh, uh, um, but it wasn't as a, a success. It actually wasn't seen as, as a success. Um, and it actually in, it resulted in a $1.1 million loss mm-hmm. for MGM. Which is crazy for me because this movie is so beloved. And remember earlier on in this episode, I was saying how th- certain films became iconographical, like the the merchandise. The there's a, a mobile app game uh, for the Wizard of Oz. Uh, uh, all these different like uh, um, uh, interpretations of the story. A Broadway musical called Wicked. Mm-hmm. Like this, all of this would not be in existence if it wasn't for this film. Yep. So it's just baffling to me how this was even a box office flop. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to comprehend why yeah, this, this like could I have just, been. Uh, is it? Uh, was it, it? Okay, so we're talking about the Wizard of Oz. Yes. And did we not say that? I, I'm not. I don't know if you said. Oh, okay. Well, the Wizard of Oz, starring Judy Garland. Exactly. It, it Produced was, by MGM. <laughs> somewhere over the rainbow. Hey. Which is a song they they didn't want in the movie, by the way. Well, it was. Um, it's not that they didn't want it in the movie. I think. I think it was just a song that was laying around that they just threw into the movie. A la how singing in the rain basically oh. existed because they had all these songs that they just needed to put into a. You know, they needed to use, so they just threw them into uh, uh, singing in the rain. Yeah. Um, but again, it makes no sense because back in the time, musicals were a thing. So it yeah, doesn't, it, it, it just—it's crazy uh, to me. I'm really trying to think what. But I, I do know that on production, on a production level, they had a lot of issues. There are a lot of stories. Yes, a lot of yes. orgy stories with the Munchkins. Like it was crazy. It was a crazy set. Yes, but I don't know if that would have hindered the movie back then if people would have found out about it. Uh, uh, it's it, again like I. And it's also based on, again, if I'm not mistaken, based on a book, a children's it book. It was based on a children's book, yes. So, uh, uh, um, you know, I, it's weird because, again, like, so it was a massive budget. So I have to give them that. Yeah. It was a massive budget. Um, um, so it, it didn't, it didn't necessarily, and, and then it did cost. Uh, um, MGM. MGM a lot of money. Um, so. I just, I, I, you know, like, I don't get why the audience back then would not have, uh, um, you know, would not have, I don't know, like. It, it, it's a pickle. Yeah, it, it's, it, you know, and, and all the research that we tried to do, um, it just, none of it actually explained why the movie just didn't make True. money. It just didn't make money. Um so yeah, I mean, I mean, it could have been too scary for kids. Could have, could have. With the whole witch and the monkeys, I mean, I've heard of stories that people were actually terrified. Children were actually terrified of of that. And back then, I'm trying to analyze. I'm trying to think out loud. I'm brainstorming here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the the reason why it's loved so much now is because. Um, so in 1940, uh, in, in 1955, yep. there was a re-release of the film and then it started airing on television in 1956 and it was normally airing on television during the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. And then by the time of its, uh, uh, by, uh, you know, in 1980, it was released on video cassette. Mm-hmm. And then by the time of its 70th anniversary, it was released on Blu-ray and it made a 
ton of money yeah. with its Blu-ray Blu release because it was, uh, you know, uh, um, um, what do you call it? Like it was re- re- refurbished and it was like, uh, uh, you know, they, they upscaled it and, and revamped it and they made it high depth and, yeah. and they digitized it and all that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Oh, it is. So, unforgettable scenes. Yep. Um, what do you got for us? I am totally cheating today. Are you? I love cheating. Okay. It's not a scene. It's oh, it's a, not. Because, 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 okay, I I tried to limit it to a scene, and then I just realized that this film has so many scenes which are memorable. Are you going to Blade Runner quotable. this? No, I'm actually oh, not okay. going to Blade Runner this. Okay. I'm going to talk about a, 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 a movie that flopped and became a classic. Sure. Co- which is a bad film, which is the worst film. The Room. I'm going to talk about The Room. Yes. Okay. I think everything about this movie is See, this is, is the quotable. cultist classic of all cult it's classics. It's very interesting because it's the anti-cult classic for all the wrong reasons. It became the best thing ever. Yeah. It's a very confusing thing. I mean, you look I at did the, not hurt. What is it? I did not hurt her. I did not. I did not. You're tearing me apart. All oh, these. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Seriously, like, there is... Nothing that makes sense about this movie. <laughs> this movie is everything. It's 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 hilarious. Oh if, my God. if you want to actually watch like how the movie was made, watch the the disaster artist. The disaster artist. Yeah, it's very very yeah. It's very interesting. Uh, it's nice to to delve to, to delve into Tommy Wiseau, who who stars, directs, does the music. The funniest thing is when the movie. This is how quotable, whatever you want to call it, this movie is. The movie kicks off yeah. with, with directed by Tommy Wiseau, starring Tommy Wiseau, soundtrack by Tommy Wiseau. Every, <laughs> I mean, just the first like 30 seconds, you're like, what the oh F is going on? What's happening? Oh my and then Lord. Those shots and, yeah. and those scenes and the script and the sex scenes, nothing works. Nothing, but, nothing about it works. But it's so captivating. You cannot yes. not watch. Yes. And like the Harry, uh, the, 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 the Harry Rocky Picture, Horror, Rocky Horror Picture, Picture Show, show it, it now has these screenings. And I tried to attend one last year in London, but they do it like once a month. So I okay. wasn't there where people actually watch the movie. They throw okay. spoons at the screen <laughs> and uh, there's a whole ritual that happens with the movie. And. Again, it's it's so bad that it's good. It's like Ka in the Jungle Book singing, uh, what's it called? Uh, oh. to me. Uh, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I, well, Ka is, is hypnotizing Mowgli. Yes. This is how, th- what this movie does trust to people. Trust in me. Trust in me. Again, yes. Trust in Tommy. Trust in Tommy. Trust in Tommy. The, 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 the football scene, the American football scene. It's crazy. Scene. It's it crazy. It makes no sense. I'm not so, even, you know what? At this point, I'm not even going to say anything. I'm just going to jump on your boat. You, I'm not going to even say an unforgettable scene because this is it. This everything is, this about is it is unforgettable. This is it. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing that makes sense. <laughs> okay. On that note, <laughs> if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so <laughs> at Alan Mahana uh, for me on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm, I'm Hat Solo just on Instagram. Hat dot solo. Hat solo. Make sure you I'm, li- you're tearing me up. Part Alan. <laughs> Make sure you listen to our show on Radio Public. You will help support us so much if you do so. Uh, we are also available on YouTube and Facebook at scriptoscreenpod.com. Uh, our website is currently going to be down, so you can check it out. Um, 
Once it's back up the way it's supposed to be, we're working really hard to offer you guys the best kind of website ever. Um, uh, once that's up, we will let you know. Make sure you join us tomorrow for a brand new episode of Script to Screen News Hour, where we basically uh, comment on the past week's uh, uh, news headlines regarding the film and television industry. Uh, this was fun. It was a lot uh, of fun. This was a fun, fun spotlight episode. I really, really, truly enjoyed it. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the room. It's. I mean, like, it's, can, can you pick one scene? No, no, no. You can't. You really can't. It's like the epitome of of uh, everything you want yeah. in a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so bad, it's good. It's done the full three sixty degrees. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's so bad, it's good. It's it's insane. Yeah. If you honestly, guys, if you haven't seen the room, go watch the room and then go watch the disaster artist. It's very interesting. Um, and at the end of the disaster artist, there's like shot for shot. Yeah, yeah. They show you literally shot for shot. Yeah. I thought James Franco did an amazing. I was job fabulous in with, that movie. Uh, uh, with the disaster with artist. with Tommy. Yeah. It, it's insane. I, I wonder if I should start showing the, uh, uh, the room in my in my art of film class. You know that would be I think interesting. I think it would be a very interesting. Uh, 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 yeah, I think that would be very interesting. Yeah. Like a bad movie. Uh, let's analyze a bad movie. Let's analyze the worst. The, the citizen, worst. The Citizen Kane of, of bad, bad movies. movies. Ooh, that's really good. Yeah. A Citizen Kane of bad movies. Oh, that, that's what they call it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Oh, yeah. It's the Citizen Kane of bad the movies. The Citizen yeah. Kane of bad movies. Let's hope we're not the Citizen Kane of, of, of podcasts. bad podcasts. <laughs> Um, we started really quickly. Uh, we started an initiative last week. Tell us yep. your favorite uh, uh, films and why you love them. Send those uh, voice notes on Anchor. Uh, this is it for us for today, but make sure you do so. We're planning uh, all of this. We're going to grab all of these voice messages for our one year anniversary coming this June. It's going to be a fantastic yep. episode. And, and, and if you don't have Anchor, you can DM us. Yes, on DM Insta. us on Instagram. We want to hear, uh, hear uh, what your favorite movie is and why you think it's a good movie and why you love it. Exactly. Thank you guys for tuning in today. We are out of here. See ya. You're tearing me apart. Mm -hmm.